called my name to be you gave me destiny I know you're there holy is the Lord worthy is your name forevermore you will reign holy is the
thank you right now that you loved us before we were even thoughts. Through our mothers. But we were known by you, God. And you loved us before we were even thought of. God, I pray that we would live in a way that is so thankful to you. I know that we are coming in here with lots of different things going on. But can we just lay that all to rest and come in this place and worship you? That we can set it aside for moments and proclaim the name of Jesus. God, we love you and we thank you for that. We pray in Jesus' name.
What a powerful song, isn't that? Let's just praise our great God. Would you come to prayer with me this morning? Let's call on the name of the Lord. Father God, we just we have just sung our heart to you. Holy is your name, Lord. Our life will never be shaken when we build our life upon you. God, what a privilege it is to be in this place and what a privilege it is to call you our God. We are so thankful for all that you have done in this church this morning. You said that your praise, that you inhabit the praise of your people. So God, we know that you are here this morning. Your people have just praised and lift you, lift, raised the roof off this place, lifting you up, Lord. And so we welcome you here today. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, please. This morning we're going to have a baby dedication this morning. We're thankful for Brian and Melissa Brown as they come this morning. And so I'm going to ask them to come and bring their twin babies up. Isn't this exciting, huh? They are bringing Adeline and Ella Brown. Look at those cute little babies. They were born on May 16th. 2018. Can we just welcome them up to the stage this morning? And as they come, they also are bringing their three-year-old, Hannah. And so we are just going to dedicate your children to the Lord this morning. What a privilege it is. You know, I I saw uh, just a few weeks ago, I saw them with these twins. I'm like, I didn't realize you had twins. I knew you had a baby come, but when you see the twins and we just pray for you and know that you guys have your hands full, right? And, uh, and so we're, we're just so thankful that God has brought young families like you to our church, and he's brought you specifically to this church to, to know him and to grow in him. And so when we come to a time of dedication of our children, we're actually dedicating not just the babies, but we're dedicating the parents, because we know it's not an easy job to raise children in today's world. And so I'd just like to cite for you the uh, uh, a reference here of Scripture this morning. This is a, a long tradition in Scripture. Uh, all throughout Scripture, we see that people brought their children to the temple, and they would dedicate them to the Lord. They would they would ask God to bless their children's life, and they would pray that one day that their kids, too, would become followers of God, followers of Jesus Christ. And so I'm reminded of the verse this morning over in 1 Samuel, when Hannah had brought her son Samuel to the Lord. And uh, she had brought him and doing the very same thing that you're doing. She lifted him before the Lord and she said, For this child I prayed, and the Lord granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is lent to the Lord. And they worshiped the Lord there. And so this morning for Adeline and for Ella and for Hannah, we're going to just lift you guys up to the Lord this morning. And we're just going to pray and just ask God's blessing upon your family. I know that you have many family members here. If you're with the Brown family, would you stand? We'd just like to welcome you this morning. Your grandparents, we have grandparents and sisters and aunts. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. You may be seated. I'm going to ask Luke, Pastor Luke's going to come and, and we have a gift that we'd like to give you there. And, uh, and then we're going to pray over you. So uh, for Adeline and Ella, we, get, we have uh, two bags of marbles, and I'll give those after because you guys have your hands full. But uh, these marbles are 935 marbles, and they represent time when they're born to when they graduate high school, which is already like, they're little. Let's stay little, right? <laughs> but this is just a way to make time count, you know, because time is just ticking, and we want to make every marble count, make every year, every day count with your kids. And so that's just a way to, just a visual reminder, 
it also looks good in a jar just to take one out as they as they go through different uh, stages and different um, uh, milestones in their life and we have that gift for you guys it's just a way that we're partnering with you and making time count for your kids and so as we go to the lord i'm going to ask actually pastor luke if you would pray over Ella this morning. This is this one's Ella, right? And so we're gonna we're gonna pray over Ella. I'm gonna ask you to dedicate Ella, lift her up to the Lord, and we're we're praying that one day these kids will make a personal profession of faith, that they will be followers of Christ. And so if you'll lift up Ella, and then I'll lift up Addie to the Lord, and we'll continue. All right? Let's pray. Lord, I just come before you, and what a privilege it is to be with the Brown family. And I just lift a little Ella up to you, uh, God. Just that. As these wonderful people raise Ella to know you, God, as they raise her to go through all the different things that life throws at her, God, that she would just grow to be a strong woman, God, and then and, and having a firm foundation in you, Jesus. So, God, just give Brian and Melissa just the, the encouragement, the unique words, the, the, just the, the challenge and the charge that comes from following you, that they would make disciples out of their own kids and that Ella would grow to be a disciple of you, Jesus, and that she would impact this world in crazy, amazing ways. And so thank you for for her life. We dedicate her to you, and we just dedicate this wonderful life knowing that you're going to use her to do incredible things for your kingdom. And so, Jesus, we're humbled, and we're just so thankful for little Ella. And, Lord, we continue this morning. We lift up Adeline to you, Lord. Uh, We just thank you for her. We thank you that she is a gift from God, both these children, Lord, gifts from God. And, And we just lift her up, and we just ask, Lord, you put your hand of blessing on her life. And that you'll just move greatly, Lord. Be with Brian and Melissa, Lord, as parents in, in a world that is uh, full of many heartaches and many problems today, Lord. We ask your strength for them as parents that they will go forth and that they'll make disciples of their children, Lord. And that they'll raise them to honor and love you. I thank you for parents like this who have come today, Lord, to seek you. We're seeking your help. We are dependent upon you. So we lift up little Addie to you this morning, Lord, and we just ask that you will work in her life and that this will be a day that we will look back and we'll remember. One day, whenever these kids come in and, and they've opened their heart to Jesus, maybe uh, down in stairs in, the, in, our, in our children's ministry, they may open their heart to God or maybe at home with mom and dad. Uh, God, when we hear this good news, may we look back to this day and, and look at this as an answer to your prayer. Lord, we lift up little Hannah to you as well. What a wonderful family that we have here. And we just give this family over to you. And I just ask that you'll work in many great ways. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we thank God for this great family? It's been an awesome morning, and we are just so thankful that you're here. Would you just stand and say hello to those around you? We're glad you guys are here. Mother's Day, ladies in the house, we're thankful for you, all different situations, we are just so thankful for our moms, and so can we just thank God for our moms in the house? Come on. 
We've got cupcakes and flowers for you ladies. There's a photo booth, so please grab those things as you leave and take a picture. We'd love to help you with that and just a way to remember this weekend. But a few things to highlight. My name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors here at Crossroads. If you pass, pass the friendship folders at this time, we appreciate that. And just let us know you're here. If you're brand new with us, feel free to grab a red card in front of you. Uh, just to let us know you're here. Talk to the Welcome Center crew, and they'd love to give you a free gift. Just saying thanks for joining us this morning. So it's 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 has been an awesome morning, and we're excited what God's going to continue to do this morning. So a few things to highlight. One is that on May 19th is going to be next Sunday. That's our next steps. And what this is is going to be anybody who's looking to become a member, looking to take that next step of uh, joining, um, getting their kids involved with children's ministry and student ministry, um, or checking out more about the church. And so that is for you. You can sign up for free on our website. And so please check that out. And then coming up on the 25th of May is the is Tunch and Wolf's Walk for the Homeless. Uh, talk to Roger and Deb Metcalf. They're walking as well as you can get, get more information on Tunch and Wolf's website. It's an awesome way to benefit City Mission and the homeless uh, ministries we have here in Pittsburgh and beyond. And so that's going to be May 25th. And so you can talk to Deb. Deb and Roger, they'd love to talk to you about that. And then on June 1st is going to be our men's breakfast. It's super simple, guys. All the guys in the Crossroads, bring guys that don't go to here, don't go to Crossroads. We're going to get together in the gym. You're going to eat good food, and we're just going to connect, and we're trying to connect all the guys here at Crossroads, and just to do that on June 1st. You can sign up right now on our website. It's free, and we just want to know how much food we need to prepare for and materials and that kind of thing. So that's June 1st, and please be there. It's going to be an awesome weekend just doing that. And then the following weekend, uh, the 8th and 9th, uh, Pastor Arnold and Joanne will be joining us for Founders Weekend. So as we stand on the shoulders of those who have led in the past, uh, we know we stand on shoulders um, of godly men and women. And so we're going to have them here with us, and it's going to be an amazing weekend. And so I'm going to ask the ushers at this point to come forward as we receive this morning's offering. And if you're new with us, please, please know that this plate that passes by, it represents tithes and offerings and finances, resources that we give to see the mission of Jesus rung out here in Finleyville and Pittsburgh and beyond. So feel free to participate, but also feel free to let the plate pass. I know a lot of you have heavy things in your heart. So if you reach in front of you, there's a little orange card and feel free to fill that out. You can make it anonymous and you can put that in the plate and let that be your offering. That we could pray for you, be a privilege and a blessing to pray for you. So guys, as we continue on this morning, let's go before the Lord. Jesus, we love you, and we know that, uh, God, you've given us um, a mission here on earth to make disciples, to make disciples, to make disciples. God, you um, have given us clarity when it comes to what we need to do, and, and, and I know that sometimes we get stuck, and sometimes we just, we get caught up in things. Life happens, as it says. But God, I pray this morning that we would encounter you in a fresh way, that we would be blown away by who you are, and that we would be ignited by the life of Jesus to make disciples. And then we would not be called and fall to the trap of production, but we would fall through to pursue you, Jesus. And as we follow you, Jesus, that we would bring people with us, our families, that we would bring those in our in our corporate circles, God, those that we do life with on a weekly basis, daily basis, that we would bring those people with us as we follow Jesus and make disciples that make disciples. God, we're just blown away by the songs that we sang of, of just singing to you. God, worthy is your name. You are holy and forevermore you will reign. 
God, we'll build our life on you, Jesus. You are the firm foundation. God, those, those things are true, and we proclaim those. And I pray that because we sang those and know they're true, that we would find rest and peace. God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Can we just thank God again for all of our moms? We thank God for you. We, uh, we want you to certainly have some fun today. We have these cupcakes out there. These are not just any cupcakes. They have 300 extra calories injected into the middle. These are professional cupcakes, folks, all right? Um, th- this is like the real deal. By the way, uh, Naomi Samble made those. Uh, I don't think Naomi, is Naomi here this morning? Can we thank Naomi over here? God bless her. And uh, just, just to give you a little Mother's Day story here, her daughter, Ashton, had twin babies, and they came early, as quite often happens with twins. But they came early Friday, and she was home baking all these cupcakes for you. So Grandma got to see her grandkids yesterday. Can we just thank God for that? And I hear everybody's doing well and healthy, and so we're, we're thanking God, and there's going to be quite a journey. She came uh, a good bit early, but uh, we know that God is with them. So we're just, I'm just so happy for Naomi over there. She is one proud grandma. I just want you to know that. I was looking at pictures on that phone yesterday as I was sniffing cupcakes, so it was just wonderful. And those are the joys of being on Saturday afternoon for delivery. So anyhow, we just thank God for you, uh, Naomi, and thank God for our church family. You know, um, Mother's Day is always a fun day at the church. I want you to not only get a cupcake, go over to that photo booth, get a picture with your family, and just have a good day. You know why? We got to make memories. We have to make these memories. We only get to live this once. This is it. I will never have this day again, 2019, and this is a day to remember. Uh, you know, my mom was here in the first service. I love my mom dearly. My mother-in-law is here in this service somewhere. I saw her earlier, so she's here, and I got to be on good behavior because she's here, guys, all right? So just, just want you to know that, all right? But we're thanking God for our moms. I thank God for my wife, wonderful mother to our children. And as we, as we get into Mother's Day today, we, uh, I just want to share with you the good news of Jesus as we roll. Um, there, was a, there was a lady that one time she called over to a, a friend of hers, 
And uh, she knew that the friend had been having really a rough time. So she got on the phone, she called her friend, and she, uh, she said, how are you feeling? And the lady replied, terrible. The lady said, my, ha- my head's splitting, my back's ha- killing me, my legs are killing me, my, my house is a mess, the kids are simply driving me crazy. Well, the sympathetic lady responded, let's go, listen, just go and lie down. I'll come over right away and I'll cook you a nice lunch and, uh, and I'll clean up the house and I'll take care of the children for you while you get some rest. By the way, how is your husband, Sam? Sam, the complaining woman responded, I don't have a husband named Sam. My heavens, the first woman responds, uh, I must have dialed the wrong number. Then there was a long pause, and the lady responded, are you still coming over? Okay. And, you know, and isn't that true? I mean, every mom can relate to that, right? There are just days that you're like, I can't take this anymore. I don't want to do this. This is too hard, and I am overwhelmed. And I want to encourage you that, moms, you have the great, great gift, the great, great responsibility and opportunity to mold and shape lives. And we are so thankful for the moms in our church. And everybody here, while you may not be a mom, you had a mom. And you thank God for your mom this morning. So, you know, it's scriptural over in Proverbs. It says that they will rise up and call her blessed. And so that's what we do today. We rise up and we call you blessed. We thank God for the impact that you've had in our lives. Because without you, we wouldn't be here, number one. And, we, and without you, we wouldn't, uh, you know, your, your kids, you, you, would, you know, that this is what God has called us to do. And, and you, you laid the foundation. So this morning, we, we've been in a series called Disciple, Make One and Be One. And I thought there's no greater picture of somebody who makes a disciple than a mom. And so I want to start out with this thought this morning, that disciples make disciples. And, and so that, that's how this happens. Jesus, when he was leaving... He, he gave this message to these disciples, and he told them to go out and make disciples. So there's where we get this principle that a disciple, and a disciple is a learner or an apprentice of Jesus, all right? So as you come and you're in a learner or an apprentice, you're going to come alongside of somebody else, and you're going to pull them along with you, and you're going to pour into them, and you're going to teach them and care for them, and hopefully they'll become an apprentice. And, and so I have several people in my life that I've poured into, and, uh, and it's a great joy. I got, you know, I'm on that LinkedIn thing, you know, isn't that, isn't that a cool thing? I, I, I rarely use it. People just see your work anniversary on there, right? So I had a couple kids that used to be in the youth group here, and yesterday he sent, he sent me this text. He said, hey, did you ever imagine... And it was through, through LinkedIn. He says, did you ever imagine 25 years ago when you were running a youth group and you had us bunch of rowdy kids that, uh, that two brothers would go out and both be pastors? And, and both those brothers are out and they're pastors now. Adam Oxford and Evan Oxford. They're in ministry. They're, they're, they're working in churches. And, he, and, and then he, sa- he said, and then the other kid that was in our youth group was John Fowler. He, he's now in, in, on the mission field. And so there's many of these. You know what this is? This is, this is life. And we, we give our life to other people. It's not just this program. It's not just this church thing. It is our life. We've shared life. And, and so these people are all over the world. And, and God has allowed us to make disciples who will make disciples. And so look at his mission here. This is Matthew chapter 28. Jesus gave us the mission. I want you to read it out loud with me again. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, This morning, I want you to catch it because he says, go. And literally, the verb there is, as you're going, make disciples. And moms, I want to encourage you this morning because as you are going, I want you to think about this. What is the life of mom with an infant, right? She doesn't have much English being spoken, right? Not many words being spoken. Uh, she's changing diapers. She can't wait for her husband to go home. The, uh, to go home. To come home, okay? <laughs> go home, honey. <laughs> uh, no, those are wonderful bloopers, and I'm known for them. So anyhow, so he said, he said, you know, she can't wait for her husband to come home from work. And I think what is the average person speaks 23,000 words a day. And so the husband has spoken all his words all day. He's spoken about 45,000 at work. And here's, here's mom at home, and she only has heard blah, 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 all day long, right? And so when the husband comes home, she is ready to just talk, 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 talk. And he is not ready to talk, 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 talk. And these are the tensions of life, you know? They're wonderful. Uh, so as you're going, make disciples. So I want you to think about this because moms, you get to make disciples when kids are one year old when you're two years old, when you're three years old. Uh, there, there's a bond there that us dads will never understand. There's a bond there that, that unless you have that bond of a mother and a child, you'll never understand it. I, I understand that bond uh, between me and my mom, but I don't have that to, to my child. That my, my wife has that special place. It's called mom. And, and so there's a special place for her to make disciples there. And, and she, she teaches them how to say their first words, which quite often is dada. Isn't that amazing, you know? Doesn't that just make all the moms mad, you know? I talked to, talked to a young mom the other day. She says, she says, you know what, I've been working with him, and would you believe his first words was dada? I was like, well, you know, that happens, you know? But listen, as you're going, make disciples. And then you teach this little kid how to walk. And you have all these memories. And, you know, Mary, if you keep reading in the, in the Bible, it says that Mary... She would ponder all these things and keep them in her heart, and they're very precious to us. And you go back and you remember. You remember when your kid first learned how to walk. You remember whenever they first learned how to speak. You remember the first time they said no. You remember the first time of all these things, and, and your heart just wells up. And then one day, uh, you know, you, you take them and you drop them off at a place called school, and they, they, they're there for eight hours, and you're wondering how you're going to make it for eight hours without them. And then you figure that out pretty quickly. And then it's like, you know, and then you just keep moving, and you keep making disciples, and then you go to softball games and baseball games, and soccer games, and and pretty soon you wonder if there's any time for you, and then all of a sudden, those kids get up, and they get behind the wheel of a car, and you pray, God, for the safety of everybody in this town, you know what I mean? You're just like, Lord, please, 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 and so then this kid goes out, and and driving these cars, and, and then one day, you drop them off at college, and you drive home, and you're like, wow, what happened? Where did time go? And it's like, you know what you got to do? God allowed you to make a disciple. And he's given you this awesome opportunity, moms, to pour into people's lives. And so I want, I want, you, I want to share with you here a little bit this morning that not only just moms, but we all have this opportunity. And while on Mother's Day we look at this and we're, we're really honored, and we do, we honor every mom in this building. But I want to honor not just moms, I want to honor all the women today. I want every woman to take a cupcake 
Every woman gets a flower. Everybody go by those booths. Why? Because we are celebrating not just mom. We are celebrating what God is doing. Amen? God is doing something so big. And God has a plan. And so you say, well, I was never a biological mother. Well, you know what? Women and ladies in our church today, I want to share with you that you don't have to be a biological mother to care for people and make disciples and to build into somebody's life. Uh, we have women in our church who are biological mothers. We have women who are adoptive mothers. We have women who, uh, who are foster care mothers. We have women that are just pouring into other people. They pour into other people's kids. They pour into other people's families. They pour into other women, and they mentor, and they care. And so God has given us this huge opportunity that we can come, and we can pour in and invest in them. Now, I want to show you something, because God has a special place for women. God has made in his ministry, in the way he created, in all of the Bible, you see that God treated women with respect. He, uh, he, he, he didn't treat them lowly. He elevated them. He gave them respect. I want to show you here from the very beginning. Look over in Genesis 2.18. If we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, when God says something's not good, you better believe it's not good. Um, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so God, here's God. He, he, he is designing this. And uh, here's Adam. Here's all the, all the animals. And look what he says here. Now the Lord God, verse 19, the Lord God had formed out of all the ground of all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Now, now catch this, because here's Adam. He's, he's naming all these animals. And you know what? Did God really need Adam to name the animals? I, I, have you ever thought about this? Did God need Adam? I mean, God knew what he could, he could call all the names. You know? I mean, if, you, know, you know an elephant is an elephant. Well, what if he would have named the elephant a giraffe? Would you have known the difference? You know, and, and so God, God, what God was doing was he was enveloping, he was developing his plan. He was showing Adam that he needed the Savior. He was showing Adam that he needed God. He was teaching Adam, even before sin enter, entered the world, that he needed a dependence on God. And so Adam is naming all these animals, and he sees there's a male and a female, and a male and a female, and Adam's saying, hey, what's up with this? I'm here by myself. I have nobody to talk to. There's the, you know, how, how's, how's this supposed to work? And so as we continue, verse, uh, verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. I want you to catch this. This was the very first surgery. You know, here's Adam. He wakes up from God's anesthesia. Isn't that cool, you know? Could you imagine? Uh, I'm, I'm the very first surgery ever happened, you know? Of course, he was the very first man, too. So, I mean, he had all kind of firsts, right? So, here he is. He wakes up. And, you know, just, you know, just imagine him being groggy. I mean, he, he took a part of him to make this woman. And, and he wakes up, and he's a little groggy, and it's a little blurry, and he goes, Whoa, man. He is just blown away. I mean, God gave him this, whoa, man. And he is overwhelmed because, listen, and God, that's what God did. God made this a special event. I mean, here is Adam, 
And then along comes this, whoa, man. And God makes this big deal, and he takes this rib out of her, out of Adam. And folks, I want to share with you, this is the very reason why every man should treat every woman with great dignity and respect, because God made woman from a man. He took a part of you to make her. So when you disrespect your wife, you're disrespecting yourself. Is there any amens out there? And every woman, man, wow, I haven't heard that one for a while, right? Listen, that's exactly what it is because, look, God has created us. We are his creatures, and we are to love and to treat with respect and care and dignity for our wives. And so there's nobody that we're to disrespect. There's nobody that, you know, God is not a respecter of persons, and neither should we. And because somebody has failed you or because you had a problem, you should never harm emotionally, physically, any of those things. You should never harm another human being like that. And so God has given us this. And I want you to know, women, that God has a special place uh, in, in his work. And right there is example number one. As you go through, you see over in Isaiah 51, uh, history moves forward. God had given a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of a great nation and that, uh, that there would be so many, and, and so many people from his downline, from, from his offspring, that, that they wouldn't be able to count them. They'd be like the stars in the heavens. And, uh, and so God does a, a miracle. He has Abraham and Sarah, and Sarah is well up in years, and so is Abraham. But uh, look what he says here. God tells through the prophet Isaiah, he says, Look to the rock from which you were cut, from the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. You know, God included that. That was a special part there. Because God says, listen, I'm using not just Abraham, I've used Sarah. This is all part of my plan. I'm working the plan. Then you go over to Moses. You continue on in the Bible. You read about Moses. Moses over in Exodus chapter 2. If you, were, if you go home and read that, you read the story about Moses. And Moses, uh, what was happening was that the Egyptians were, uh, obviously the Israelites were under the Egyptian reign. They were slaves to the Egyptians. And so they would do crazy things to try and control their population. And they would just, they would just wipe out the, the male babies that would be born. And so, so here comes Moses' mother. And we don't even see her biological, the biological mother. We don't even see her name until like five chapters later. All we see is that Moses' mother, who was very creative, very smart, comes and takes bulrushes. And the scripture says that with tar, put tar and bulrushes together and made this waterproof little flotation device of a basket that would float down the river. And that was the, the place of death. That's where they were killing the babies. And so she comes and she says, I'm going to float the baby over to Pharaoh and, and maybe, maybe somebody will care and my kid will have a chance. And so she floats the baby down and, and her, her other daughter, Miriam, is watching the baby go down. And so as the baby goes down and, and she is, uh, she's watching the baby float down, all of a sudden on the other side, on the other shore, out comes Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter sees the baby, realizes that this baby is an Israelite and still decides to save the baby, and takes the baby in. And then she says, go and call one of the Hebrew slaves 
to nurse, the, nurse this child and to be the midwife. So, so this, she gets one of the Hebrew slaves, one of these Hebrew women become a slave, uh, is a slave, and, and that Hebrew woman comes, and not only does she nurse and care for that baby, I want you to catch something that's really powerful here. The, in Pharaoh's court, Pharaoh was polytheistic. They believe in all kind of superstitions. They had all kind of strange religious views, okay? None of them believed in the one true God. How did Moses get to be the leader of the people of Israel? What happened here was the, this midwife came in, and the midwife was a Jewish woman who came and laid down the Old Testament and gave Moses this foundation of God. And so when Moses is 40 years old, he takes now and makes a decision, and Hebrews says that he chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the thrills of being in Pharaoh's court. He goes out and he leaves. He's in the desert for 40 years. God works on him. God develops him. God grows him and places him up to be this great leader. And at the age of 80 now, God has prepared him. But God started all the way from that little, unassuming, little basket floating on the river. And he goes over there. And we, in the account of Exodus chapter 2, we don't even know her name. Her name later on is revealed as Jochebed. And Jochebed had great faith. And she said, I'm just going to do the only thing I know so my baby will live. And then here comes a lady who's not even Moses' mom, who is a midwife. And she is making a disciple. And we see the early moments of disciple making. Because they came in and they laid the foundation of God for that little baby. So Moses made a decision to follow God because some woman in his life laid down the foundation of God. And so you just see God has a special place for men and women in his ministry. Uh, as you go through the Bible, you just continue to read. You'll see, you, you, you'll see uh, uh, great, great things like Hannah. God used Hannah to birth Samuel. God used uh, Ruth. You, you, see, uh, you just see so many things. And then you get into the New Testament. God used Mary, a virgin, to bring the Messiah into the world. God uses um, the women. He, he comes and he talks to the women who were the very first people that the risen Lord saw. It was Mary Magdalene. It was a group of women. The very first eyewitnesses of the risen Lord were a group of women. And so I want to encourage you women this morning that God has a great place and he wants you to do great things. And they are, they're, they're, you know, our roles are different. Just because our roles from a man and a woman are different doesn't mean that they are lesser. God loves every one of us the same. And I want, I want, I want to share this because moms build people. And this is the greatest part of the story. Moms build people. Uh, you go back and you look at your mom and you say, well, I can remember my mom said this. And sometimes you may start to say some of those same things, right? And you catch yourself saying those things and half the time you're mad at some of those statements, right? Um, I, I always say, if nothing else, your mom gave you your DNA. And I, I, I have my mom's DNA. And I thanked her this morning for my bad knees. You know, it's just like, mom. I remember she had two knee replacements. Actually, she had three knee replacements. She had one at one bad, and she got two more later on. I was like, uh, Mom, uh, my knees are starting to hurt. She goes, I told you so. And I'm like, Mom, enough of that, right? So, so we, you know, those are the things that 
look, we can thank God. He gave us the DNA. It's, you look, you can look in the mirror and say, wow, I see my mom. I, I can see these things. But I want you to see something more than just the DNA. I want you to see that motherhood is, a, is an example that the Apostle Paul uses for discipleship, all right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6. As apostles, now he's writing to the church in Thessalonica. Paul had been a missionary, and he went from church, uh, from town to town. And so they would go into Corinth, and they would uh, start a church. And that was where we get the book of 1 and 2 Corinthians. This one, he went to a town called Thessalonica. And as he went into Thessalonica, he would be a missionary, and he would set up shop. He would go in and make disciples. And once he saw that there was a movement established and that they could continue to make disciples, he'd move on and go to the next thing. And that's a great model for missions. I mean, that's what God's called us to do, is to go out and make disciples who will make disciples. But look what he says here. He says, as apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you. We could have come and we could have laid a heavy weight on you. We could have, we could have, uh, you could have been paying for all of our expenses. And he's going on about all these things. He says, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you. We were like a nursing mother who cares for her own children. He says that we were gentle, and he uses this analogy. I mean, is there any more gentle picture than a mother nursing her children? And he says, that's how we were. We were gentle. We came in with the gospel, and we were not ignorant. We were not in your face. You know, did you ever hear some of those people that are kind of like Turner Burn. Have you ever met some of those folks, you know? They're kind of Turner Burn. They're kind of really, really in your face. And I think they have very well-meaning hearts. The Apostle Paul said, we weren't abrasive. We weren't, we weren't obtrusive. Although we did make it clear that this is why you need to follow Jesus. If you don't trust him, eternity hangs in the balances. But he says, we brought it to you gently. And, 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 and this, is, this is the way that God's called us to live. Gentle. Uh, this is how God wants you to raise your family. Gentle. It doesn't mean that there's no authority, but it means that it's gentle. We come with a, a gentle approach, and we love our family. We care for them. Look, look what he continues here. He says, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives. This is, this is discipleship. This is to make a disciple and to be a disciple, a disciple, you will share your life with people. What we are doing in our community, we are sharing our life with people in our community. You know what you're doing at your home? You're sharing your life. You are giving your life to somebody, to, some, to, to these people that, that, are, that are your closest, to the people that are uh, in, in acquaintance, to all different levels of life. And listen, it was the gentleness of God that has attracted us to him. God is holy. His gentleness and his kindness did not stop him from being holy. Now, check this out here over in Romans 2.4. There, there was an issue in the church, uh, in the Romans. You can you go back and read Romans chapter 2. You'll see that they were kind of kind of putting a lot of stuff on each other, and, and people were getting on each other's case and all this. And he says, listen. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient that God is with you? And folks, I want to remind you this morning that Jesus, our God, is kind. He is tolerant. 
You know how we know that he's tolerant? The, 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 the scriptures tell us over and over that he has patience, that he could consume us, but he chose not to. He could come and he could pass judgment and the very breath that you have breathed this morning came from him. He is kind. He is tolerant. He is patient. God has, is long-suffering. It's his character. It's who he is. And, he, and, and Paul says, does this mean nothing to you? Uh, th- do you not take this seriously? He says, can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? His kindness was intended to lead you to repentance. So, so he didn't just say, hey, I love, 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 love. He says, I love, 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 love. I'm patient. I'm kind. But I want you to respond to my patience. I want you to respond to my kindness. And I want you to not let the things of this world eat your soul alive. I want you to no longer walk in darkness. Because when you're walking in darkness, you're missing my kindness. You're missing my love. And so the Apostle Paul is making it very clear here. This is the kind of God we serve. And may I share with you how kind our God is. I don't have to wear a label anymore. I don't have to wear a label that says, my past. I don't have to wear a label that says, my failure. I don't have to wear a label with all my shortcomings. God says, no, that is done. I died on the cross for all that. He sees his son when he looks at me. And so when God looks at you, if you've trusted Christ as your personal Savior, he wants to see his son. He wants you to trust him. As you trust him, he gives you eternal life. He gives you not just life afterwards, after we die. He gives you life that starts today, and you no longer have to go there. You no longer have to live thinking that I am unloved, that I am unworthy. You have been changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is who he is, and that's who we get to, who we get to share Christ. Who we get, who, that's the Jesus that we get to share to our friends, to our relatives, to our neighbors. We nurture life in the face of darkness. And I want, I want to remind you that this morning, that in the face of darkness, um, we get to nurture life. We have this, you know, that's what moms do. You, you, you know, you see a mom and, and they're guarding and they're protecting life. They're changing the diapers and, and they're just making, making life protective till this kid can get out and be on his own. And, uh, and even when the kid's out on his own, they worry and they pray and they, they, they shed tears, right? Why? Because we're nurturing life in the face of darkness. This is what God did for us. He has nurtured life in the midst of the darkness. We live in a fallen world. We live with pain. We live with sorrow. We, we live with all these, these terrible things. And God is nurturing life in us. And when we make a disciple, we get to come alongside of somebody else and nurture life in them. Um, the mission of Jesus starts at home, folks. This is where it starts. You, you, don't, you don't go out and just talk to everybody in the town and miss your family. Jesus said, you know, your family. And, and, and you look at the model. That's where he started. He, his own brother, James, was one of his followers. And so, so I want to encourage you that as we go out, we start at home. And the very greatest place that a mom can start is at home. And you say, well, my nest is emptied. Well, it's still your home. They, they come and go. You know, the birds like to come home and eat every now and then, right? And so you, you, you just keep loving them. You keep supporting them. You keep, well, not financially, but you keep supporting them, right? But you keep loving them and you keep caring for them. And you keep telling them 
that God can do it in their life. If you go over here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he says, Paul says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith. You know what sincere is? Sincere is real. It, it took the test. It took the test of time. Uh, the word sincere comes from a, 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 in Latin, as a Latin word that we, where we get the word sincere. It means without wax. Back in the day, there was a, a pottery. Uh, you know, they would make a lot of hand, hand goods in the pottery. And if there would be a crack in the pottery, they would put wax in it, and then they would do some repair work. And so if you want to go buy something and you wanted to make sure it was real, there would be a sign up and say, sincere, without wax. This is real. This is legit. He says, Paul, Paul says to young Timothy, Timothy's about 35 years old here. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. It's not fake. It's real. Which first was lived in your grandmother Lois. And then it was in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded that now it lives in you. Do you see how discipleship works there? Grandma. Now, if you go over and read in the book of Acts, you'd find out a little bit more about Timothy. Timothy's dad was not a believer. Timothy's dad was a Greek. And so you had a Jewish woman that married a Greek, and the Greeks had all their polytheism and all, this, all these things. And here comes grandma and stills into mom. And mom instills into son. And so Timothy ends up coming to Christ under Paul's ministry. But he says, I am so thankful for you. I'm reminded that your mother and your grandmother laid the foundation. Do you see the mighty power that we have, folks? That we can make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples. And I want to encourage you and your families to to go out and to make disciples and to to let God be the priority. He says, says, for this reason, verse 6, for this reason I I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. So he says, he remembers the time. And and you look in the scriptures, you see laying on of hands. That typically means uh, an identification. So he says, listen, I was with you. I remember we prayed over you, uh, Timothy. And for this reason, I want you to fan the flame. Um, He says, for God did not give us the spirit of timidity. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. You know, when we have fear, you know, that is always the enemy attacking us. Always, always, always. But God says, I have not given you the spirit of timidity. I've given you the spirit of power with love and with self-discipline, with a sound mind. And so this is what God gives to us. And we get to impart that. We get to pour that into the lives of our children, of our families, and we get to continue on. And, and you, if you were to jump over and look over at 2 Timothy three fourteen through 17, you would see the Apostle Paul, and he gives the famous verse there. He says, all scriptures inspired, it's given, and it's profitable for everything, for teaching, for correction. But the verses leading up to it says, I'm thankful for where you heard the scriptures from. And he comes back and he cites the family from your grandmother, from Lois, from Eunice. Look what God has done in your family. Folks, I want to encourage you today to go out and to, to, uh, to change the world by making a disciple at home. That's where we're going to start making disciples is at home. I, I want to, first of all, encourage you to trust Christ. If you're not a disciple, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you, today is the day. 
the Bible says today is the day, now is the time. Today is the day to start to follow Christ. And you can follow him by coming back next week and just keep listening. And then taking baby steps of faith. And, and we're going to be continuing to walking through, this, through these things. But I, I'm reminded as we close this morning about a lady uh, who prayed for her son. Uh, Mrs. Torrey. She, uh, she was the mother of the great evangelist, Dr. R.A. Torrey. And R.A. Torrey, when he was a young man, he had no faith in God. He had nothing, wanted nothing to do with the Bible. His mother, however, was a devout follower of Jesus Christ. And she constantly prayed for her son to come to know Jesus. She often talked to him about Jesus. One day he said to her, he said, Mom, I don't want to hear about my sins. I don't want to hear about your prayers. I'm going to leave and I'm not going to bother you anymore. With tears filled in the eyes of this mother, she followed him to the gate and she pleaded with him to change his mind. But he would not he would not stay. He wasn't going to change his mind. He wasn't going to conform to her religion and reform to this God talk. Frantically, she cried. She said, son, you're going down the wrong way. But would you come to the end of your rope? And when everything seems hopeless, call on your mother's God with all of your heart, and he will surely help you. All right, Tori leaves home. And he went into the deeper ways of the world, deeper sin, and he just really made a mess out of his life. And one night, he was in a hotel room, and he was unable to sleep. He was weary from the problems that were pressing in on every hand, and he decided that that, that, that that was going to be his last day of his life. And just as he was about to take action to end his life, he heard this little voice in his heart. It was conviction of God. He fell on his knees and he cried out to God. He said, oh God of my mother, if there is such a being, I need your help. If you will give it to me, I will follow you. And that day, R.A. Torrey's life was changed because he remembered. He remembered mom was praying for him. He remembered at home. He remembered everything that he rejected. He said, I now, God, if this is really real, because I have gone out and I have drunk from everything that this world has to offer, and I have tasted it, I've tried it, and it doesn't work. And so he's in a hotel room, and he's crying out to God. He says, God, please, if you're real, help me. And God did. God helped him. God transformed his life. His heart was illuminated. He began to have peace in his soul. Later, later on, R.A. Torrey became an outstanding evangelist who led literally thousands to Jesus Christ. And so what I want to share with you today is, folks, you don't know the impact that you're having on your kids. You will never know that. Moms, dads, brothers, and sisters, you will never know. And you're going to look and you're going to say, my kids got so many problems and they are so far from God. I want you to be like Mrs. Tory. I want you to be that mom that says, God, please, please, God, for my child. And you know what? God is the God of the universe, and he has the power. And you know what he's doing? He's molding us as parents. He's shaping us as parents, and we're coming to him. And one day, God is going to bring those words back to those kids' ears. Just like this morning, we dedicated these children. Our prayer is that they come to know Jesus at an early age and that they are able to grow and be disciples of Jesus. And I want to encourage everyone in this church 
we can all make disciples. We can leave this place, and whether you're a mom or not, we can pour and invest in the life of one person. Just one. Start at home. Look at the people at home and pour and invest right there. Look to your neighbor. Look to the people. As you're going, make disciples. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want to invite you to Jesus. If you've not yet trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you've not yet opened your heart to Jesus, I want to invite you to become a disciple today, to pray and start that relationship with God Almighty. And you can do that right in the quietness of your seat. If you would just pray to him this morning, just pray. Just say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, God. I've done so many wrong things. And I need you to save my soul. God, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you. You died on the cross. Jesus, you were buried. Jesus, you rose again the third day. And you paid for my sin. And God, right now, I'm trusting you. I'm placing my trust that you can change my heart. You can change my soul. And for others in this room today, maybe you're like Mrs. Tory. The things of the world are heavy on your soul. The burdens are great. Your heart is broken. May I encourage you today to just keep in touch with God. Just keep being a disciple. Stay in his word. Just go back and talk to him and give him the pain of life because life is filled with it. And when we see our kids hurt, we hurt. And so God wants you to give that to him this morning. And whether you're a mom or not, we celebrate every person in this room this morning. We celebrate every woman in this room that can be used by God to make a difference in our world. We're thankful for all the men in our church that can go out and make a difference for the world. I want to ask you all this morning, will you take this seriously? Will you go home and take your spiritual life to the next step? Just keep listening to Jesus. Keep taking baby steps of faith. Lord, I thank you so much for all that you've done in this place. We thank you for this great Mother's Day that we've shared together. We thank you for your word, Lord, that has inspired us to to go out and change the world for Jesus one person at a time. Lord, there are hundreds of people that come to this church. And Lord, if hundreds of people will go out and take one on, they start at home and they, they look at their kids, they look at their spouse. And God, what you can do, it was going to, it's going to be amazing, God, what you're going to do. As we start to look at the people in our life, we just say, wow, I can invest in them. I can begin to let them know that God loves them as they are. I can let them know about the kindness of God. Lord, be with our people as we take your word and we carry it to the streets. In your name we pray.